This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, friends. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. It's November 23rd in the year 2021. We are live streaming on Rumble, on YouTube, on Blaze TV, and you can chat live with other viewers and possibly, just possibly, get me a message live during the show if you go to rubinreport.locals.com. And of course, we've got the iOS app and the Android app and all that good stuff. Uh, we got three stories for you today. We've got a little uh, recap of the media insanity, basically, uh, post the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Uh, he was on Tucker Carlson last night for a one-on-one -on -one interview. There's a whole bunch of clips flying around the internet right now. We're gonna show you one or two of them. I think you'll find him to be a, a pretty thoughtful young man who is trying to make sense of a very nonsensical world. Uh, Tucker did a great job in the interview. Then we've got a couple other clips of mainstream media or corporate media as it is, uh, just with endless disinformation and misinformation related to Kyle, related to the legal system, related to America, the whole damn thing. So that's story number one. Story number two, uh, Jen Psaki. Remember Jen Psaki? We haven't heard much from Jen Psaki lately because she got COVID despite being vaccinated. Being vaccinated, it's almost as if the vaccines don't work as promised. I don't want to get banned from the internet. Um, well, she's now saying that Joe Biden is gonna run in 2024. For what, I have no idea, but uh, we're gonna tell you about that with some quotes from Jen. And then I said to the guys right before we started, I said, can we find the best clip of Joe Biden rambling incoherently? We put it in the computer machine over there and there were thousands and thousands of options to choose from. We got one that we just watched again. It's from about a year ago, but I was laughing so hard, I had to use a tissue to get the tears out of my eyes. So we're gonna show that to you. And then finally, remember Thomas Jefferson, one of the great founders of the United States, a man who wrote so many of the documents that freed so many of us and that have lived uh, for 250 years and done a lot of good work in the world and was just a good, decent man and a man of his time who was not perfect, but you know, net good, I would say. Uh, they just took his statue out of uh, New York City Hall. Uh, there was a particular orange man, I can't remember his name, if one of you guys could Google it, about a year ago, who was saying that, oh, if you take down these statues, eventually they're gonna come for guys like Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. I don't remember that orange man's name, but here we are. All right, let's move on. So uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, obviously the big news of the last couple days is that on Friday, he was acquitted of murder, acquitted of all charges. Uh, the media has just been an endless meltdown about this. It's really been quite sickening and, and disgusting. Uh, but it was good on one hand, because finally last night we got to hear from Kyle himself. Uh, he joined Tucker Carlson for a one-on-one. -on -one, and I thought this was the clip that I wanted to show you. This is about uh, Kyle's feelings on being called a white supremacist by President Joe Biden. What did you make of the President of the United States calling you a white supremacist? 
Mr. President, if I could say one thing to you, I would urge you to go back and watch the trial and understand the facts before you make a statement. That's not a small thing to be called that. No, it's it's actual malice defaming my character for him to say something like that. What, I mean, why do you think, and it's not simply Biden who said that. Yeah, it is malice, it is defaming your character. It is not surprising, however, uh, that Joe Biden called him a white supremacist. A gajillion blue check media people have called him a white supremacist. Let's just be very, very clear. There is zero, there is zero evidence that Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. You may not like some of his actions, that can be debated, but there is no evidence that he wants white people to be treated better than black people or brown people or any other people. If you watch the full interview, he felt that he was doing what he could to de-escalate a situation where the police were not taking care of property and of citizens in the area. And you may agree with his actions or disagree with his actions, that's fine. But when the president of the United States calls someone a white supremacist with absolutely no evidence, uh, we got a real problem on our hand. Now, I should also remind you that when Joe Biden launched his presidential campaign a couple years ago, he said in the video that he launched, you can find it online, that he got in, that he didn't wanna get back in because he was VP, then he took a four year break, obviously, he did not wanna get into the running until the events of Charlottesville when basically uh, Donald Trump said there are very fine people on both sides and back the neo-Nazis. Now I have debunked this a million times as other people have, Online, Donald Trump immediately condemned the neo-Nazis and all of those people. He said there are very fine people on both sides of the debate around whether you should take statues down, which obviously that is true. Anyway, I mentioned that because Biden has a long history of calling people racists and white supremacists and Nazis and the rest of it when they clearly are not. So I would highly recommend you watch at least some of the other clips of Kyle Rittenhouse because as you can see, he just comes off as a thoughtful, decent kid, there, there's, it, it's shocking actually. He has very little anger or venom for the people that did this to him. He, you know, the, anyone that has gone through what he's gone through in the last year, he talks about the conditions in jail and everything else, could have been broken or bitter or angry or resentful, I mean, or, or a, a litany of other things that, you know, have all sorts of psychological problems, but he seems okay. Uh, now, the interesting thing is a lot of people are saying that Rittenhouse should sue President Biden, that this is defamation of character, we have libel and slander and all these sorts of things. This is an interesting one because, look, you guys know my policy on speech, right? We want as much free speech as possible. You want people to be able to say whatever they want. You don't want them to be able to directly call for violence to someone. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater with the intent of causing mayhem. There are a few things. And then we have these very, very specific uh, rules around speech re related to libel and slander. So we have to be careful what we ask for here. Like, has has Joe Biden done unimaginable damage to Kyle Rittenhouse's um, life? Absolutely, his reputation, absolutely. Have MSNBC and CNN journalists, have they done unimaginable damage to this kid? Absolutely. Um, but once we start going down that path where you start suing people for saying bad things about you, it's just a slippery slope. I'm, not, I'm actually not saying he should do it. This is such an extraordinary case that maybe he should, um, but we do have to just be careful what we ask for there. Uh, but let's move on for a second, because a lot of this, and I've been saying this for a couple weeks, that one of the reasons I didn't wanna cover the trial, the nitty gritty of the trial every day, 
is that people have to live their lives. People have to go about uh, you know, doing the best they can in, in these crazy times. And I think if we all get caught in every little minutia of the, of the trial, it, it can get, it's a little insider baseball. I don't think it's the, the wisest use of time. So what I've tried to do is cover the media coverage of this because right there's a reality that happens in the courtroom, but that reality then goes through a filter, right? You got a filter here, MSNBC, CNN, Washington Post, New York Times. That filter then changes the reality for the average person that's over here just trying to live their life and know roughly what's going on, what is actually true. Well, CNN and, and MSNBC particularly, I mean, MSNBC is just, it's just a racist network. It is just a racist network. And if you know anyone that's watching MSNBC, you, you gotta drug them and then reprogram them, okay? That, that's, my, that's my position on this. Um, anyway, Chris Cuomo last night on CNN, he purports to be a journalist, but he's just a Democrat activist. He's a progressive, uh, who you know for a year ran cover for his brother, who was the Democrat mayor, uh, governor of New York. Uh, he often goes on these rants on his show, telling you what he thinks, while he's also pretending to be a journalist. It's very, very confusing. Uh, he had some thoughts on the Rittenhouse verdict and what's going on in the country. Now, Kyle Rittenhouse, who wants to tell his story, who wants to be understood for his own words and his own deeds, not what the media likes, not what the left likes, not what the right likes, sat across from a man who was known uh, for coloring perception and creating animus in society, the same animus that's feeding on Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, and that complicates things. And for a 17-year-old who says they went somewhere to protect uh, a community that their father worked in, that they felt a connection to, he's become everything that is ugly about the battle between white and black and right and wrong and justice and injustice in this country. Does that seem like editorializing or straight up journalism, reporting facts to you? Now, of course he goes after Tucker there because Tucker gets ratings and he really doesn't. So he knows if he talks about Tucker, maybe Tucker will talk about him and that's how the sort of media thing, the media little circular lunacy works. Uh, but I wanna repeat that, that quote there to you that he said at the end about Kyle Rittenhouse. Now Kyle was just acquitted on all charges by a jury of his peers. That's how the system works. What Cuomo decided to say was that Kyle Rittenhouse has, quote, become everything that is ugly about the battle between white and black and right and wrong and justice and injustice in this country. You know, it's funny, we just talked about libel and slander. It's like, Kyle is all of those things? He's the, the ugly thing between white and black and justice and injustice? I mean, and right and wrong? Well, the jury just said that he was right. So what side are you on? Cuomo, what are, what are we really saying here, Cuomo? Uh, but it continues, of course, at CNN. They brought on Van Jones, and, and often people say to me, Dave, you know, when you were more liberal, when you used to consider yourself a liberal, and yes, I did write a book defending liberalism, but as you know, liberalism has been kicked to the nuts and is kind of hunched over in the corner going, help me, help me, I can't get up. Liberalism has a problem right now. Uh, but people often say to me, Dave, there are liberals out there who are decent. There's Bill Maher, they always tell me about Bill Maher. Uh, and they always tell me about Van Jones. That's the other one they always tell me about. And Van Jones is a liberal sort of a, he's thought of as sort of this non-woke liberal, something like that, who often goes on CNN to tell, he's an opinion guy, I suppose, so I, I don't deny him his opinion on this, uh, what we're gonna show you here on CNN, but I'm always told that he's a good liberal. Well, here's what uh, Van Jones said about black Americans in America today. I think the reason that you have a lot of shock and, and anger and frustration uh, from the black community and, and from progressives is 
there's never been an African-American kid. You think of 400 years of, of, of provocations and bad stuff that's happened and threats against us. There's never been an African-American kid that walked around with an AR-15 and shot three people and got held as a hero ever. And it will never happen. And so there's just from the very beginning a sense that uh, uh, there's, there are two, there's a two-tier system here where we don't have the right to self-defense in the same way. I don't have a Second Amendment right in the same way. If Van Jones walked down the street with an AR-15, you know what you say about me? It sure was nice knowing Van Jones because I'm not going to have a chance to explain myself. No, Van Jones, that's a complete lie. If you were walking down the street and three white men or black men or Asian men or aliens attacked you, and you used your gun to defend yourself, every single conservative and scary Republican would defend your right to do that. The idea, I mean, it's a crazy statement. I don't have a Second Amendment right in the same way. Yes, you do. All men are created equal. If we had a law that said you as a black man are not allowed to protect yourself, that would be a problem and I would be on your side. But this is the endless racializing of absolutely everything. We all, everyone knows, if there was just a young black kid who was being attacked out of nowhere and he did whatever he had to do in self-defense, we would all be applauding him for it. We would all be applauding for whether he had to beat the crap out of those kids or shoot those kids or whatever it is. What they're all trying to do is take a very sort of murky situation out of the Rittenhouse thing and at the height of the pandemic and all of the race stuff and everything was such a mess and we were watching cities burn down and we literally, literally me, Dave, we moved. I mean, I left my house and moved to another house in the midst of all of that, partly because the protests were about a half a block from our house and I knew that people knew where I lived and I was getting screamed at and a whole bunch of other stuff. I don't even think I've ever said that publicly before. Um, so people were freaking out like, oh, are the police going to do the right thing? Or if I, if I call the police, if I'm under attack, if my family is under attack, if someone breaks into my house, if the store down the block is burning down, are the police, are the firemen, are, is anyone gonna show up? Is anyone in charge here? Or is it all being instigated and pushed by the progressive mayors and all of the uh, policy people in these cities? I think you all know the answer to those things. So the idea that Van Jones doesn't have the Second Amendment right. Of course he does. He also has the First Amendment right, which he just used right there. So he has those things just as every other black person does, every Latino person, every gay person, and every trans person. You can basically say whatever you want. I mentioned some of those exclusions earlier. Um, and it's dangerous. It's actually dangerous what he's doing because I just know it. I, I think if you just sit for a second and think about it, just really think about it. If, if you found out tomorrow that, that Van Jones was walking uh, outside of the CNN, he wrapped up that, that little appearance right there and he walked out of the CNN building and suddenly four angry Trump supporting red hat noose carrying, you know, the all, go with all the made up stuff that you can come up with and they attacked Van Jones out of nowhere and then he shot them in self-defense. Every single conservative would be applauding it and we all know it. So it's very, very dangerous when these people racialize everything and I don't like it very much. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Jen Psaki, you know Jen Psaki. She is the White House press secretary. Uh, she is a woman who is completely incapable of saying anything true, and I'm fairly certain that her prediction here also will turn out not to be true. She says that old Joe confused, muddled, putting for a brain Joe Biden, that he is gonna run again in 2024. We've got a quote here from The Hill. President Biden intends to run for re-election in 2024. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki confirmed on Monday following a flurry of reports on discussions among Democrats about whether he would follow through on a bid for a second term. That's his intention, Psaki told reporters, confirming reports that Biden has been telling advisors and staff that he plans to run again in 2024. Biden would be 82 at the start of his second term if reelected. He was already the oldest individual to be inaugurated when he was sworn in in January, and his poll numbers have steadily declined amid dissatisfaction with the state of the economy and rising prices in particular. Okay, let's be clear here. Joe Biden is not running for a second term. I do not believe that Joe Biden will even finish this term. We are only 10 or so months into term number one. His cognitive abilities have obviously uh, failed faster than they intended and they clearly knew something was wrong with him. There is a scandal brewing. As I always say, the scandal is the non-scandal. The fact that not everyone's talking about this at all times, that is the scandal. The way they can basically take your eye off something that you really can see. That is the scandal around Joe Biden, on top of the fact that the presidency has been an abject disaster, no matter what they tell you. They're, oh, they're telling you how great the economy is. Gas prices, parts of LA over $5 a gallon. We know about the supply chain stuff. Let's not even talk about Afghanistan anymore. Like, we all know all the stuff. We know all that. I do not believe he will run again, obviously. It's just nonsense, but that's just sort of political posturing and media lapdog sort of BS. But as I said at the top of the show, uh, when I saw this story, I said, why don't we find a clip of Joe Biden having one of his Joe Biden moments? And I think we just found, this is about a two minute clip. You may remember this. I believe this is the same speech in which Biden referenced corn pop, okay? I think it's the same exact speech as corn pop, but this is a different part a lesser known part of the corn pop speech. Uh, here's Joe Biden, just if you don't laugh during this. No, no, not if you don't laugh. I laughed hysterically. Again, that's why I have the tissues here. I was laughing hysterically. My guys were laughing hysterically. I just want you to really listen to this. And you tell me if this makes any sense, what this man said in front of these people for two minutes. Here we go. I learned a lot. And I learned that uh, it makes a difference. This was the diving board area. And I was one of the guards, and there were a lot of, there was a three meter board. And you fell off sideways, you landed on the damn, uh, the darn cement over there. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did, he, and back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther. You, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off, and he said, I'll meet you outside. My car, this was mostly, these were all public housing behind it. 
my car, there was a gate out here. I parked my car outside the gate. And I, he said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight razors. Not a joke. There was a guy named Bill Wright, Mouse, the only white guy, and he did all the pools. He was the mechanic. And I said, what am I going to do? He said, come down here in the basement where mechanics, where, where, where all the pool f f filter is. You know, the chain, there used to be a chain that went across the deep end. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. I said, you kidding me? He said, no, if you don't, don't come back. And he was right. So I walked out with the chain. And I walked up to my car. And they had, in those days, you used to remember the straight razor. You'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get them rusty. And I looked at him, but I was smart then. I said, first of all, I said, when I tell you get off the board, you get off the board, and I'll kick you out again. But I shouldn't have called you, Esther Williams. I apologize for that. I apologize, but I didn't know that apology was going to work. He said, you apologize to me? I said, I apologize for that, not for throwing you out, but I apologize for what I said. He said, okay, close the straight razor, and my heart began to beat again. There are people who believe that that man is running the United States of America. And I'd like to have what they're having because it must be beautiful to live in that world. What the high hell is he talking about? What is going on there? I do stand corrected. That actually was the corn pop clip when we showed it uh, right before the show. We, we missed those first 10 seconds. That was the corn pop. I don't know who corn pop is. I don't know who mouse is. The rusty chains and the guy in the pomade with the, what is he talking about? And the best part of that is go watch it again later. He rambles for two minutes. Nobody in their right mind, please, if you're, if you're watching right now and you're in the live chat, uh, please, someone tell me what that all meant. Like sum it up for me. Can someone sum it up for me? But the best part of all that is he rambles completely incoherently in a, in a deranged way for two minutes. And then when he gets to whatever the punchline is, which I'm still unclear what it was, everyone laughs. And, oh yes, well, of course, with the chains and the mouse and corn pop and the, yeah, he's gonna be president in 2024. They're all just liars. They're such freaking liars. Uh, but Joe's got problems and Joe, believe it or not, he's even got problems here in crazy Los Angeles. This is video from downtown Los Angeles today. People are protesting vaccine mandates and they don't like Joe. I just want to be very clear here. Brandon has a much, much better chance of running in 2024 than Joe Biden. Like, much better chance. Uh, on Locals, Kimbo says, Joe can't run, he can barely walk. Touche, good point. And uh, Bazooka Joe says, it will be a full weekend at Bernie's if Brandon runs in 2024. I'm pretty sure we're at weekend at Bernie's level. Or this episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, 
Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Okay, let's move on to the third story. Uh, look, you guys all know my feelings about Thomas Jefferson. I talk about him often. He is my favorite founder. If you have not seen it, a couple of years ago, we did a President's Week series of episodes where I did a full hour uh, on Thomas Jefferson. Uh, he lived an extraordinary life. He was writing the documents that were freeing the slaves in the midst of writing the documents that were freeing us from Britain. I mean, he, was, he did so many things and he was an inventor and an extraordinary, extraordinary person. I've been to his, his home down in Monticello in, uh, in Virginia a couple of times. I highly recommend you go there and they, they give a fantastic tour there. Uh, well, surprise, surprise, the woke cultists now want him taken down wherever he might be, and they are succeeding in places such as the New York City Council. Uh, we've got some info from the New York Post here. Thomas Jefferson is no longer in the room where it happens. Art handlers packed up an 884-pound statue of Jefferson in a wooden crate Monday after a mayoral commission voted to banish the likeness of the nation's third president from New York City Hall, where it resided for nearly two centuries because he owned slaves. The 1833 statue will be on long-term loan to the New York Historical Society, which plans to have Jefferson's model survive in its lobby and reading room. Terry Butler, the executive director of the Public Design Commission that voted to banish the statue, at first tried to block the press from witnessing its removal. Butler relented after members of the mayor's office and city council intervened, and we've actually got some video of the statue being removed after 187 years. All right, so almost 200 years that thing was there, 187 to be specific. Um, do you feel the tolerance? Do you feel we're becoming less racist? Do you feel we're becoming more diverse and more open and more thoughtful as a society as we burn down our history? Do you, do you sense that or could this be about something else? Could this be about destroying all of the good past of the United States so that they can usher in their woke, crypto, fascist, Marxist, lunacy. Do you think maybe that's closer to what it's about? Uh, I've often talked about the, the conflicting history of Thomas Jefferson, who was just a man of his time, much like we are all just men of our time, right? Like, I love eating a steak. Is it likely or possible that in 30 years from now, they will look back on us with our Instagrams of those beautiful, juicy tomahawks that I smoke and go, my God, God, he was evil. And then they're gonna have to take down the giant bust of me, wherever it might be. Where do you think they would put a bust of me? Somewhere back in, in the back of my office. Will they take down my office? Yes. Um, we are all men of our time. We're, we're all imperfect. We, in most cases, try to do the best we can and we often fail at that. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, as I said, he was writing the laws to free the slaves. He was conflicted about slavery. He felt that it couldn't just, you couldn't just rip the Band-Aid off. He wasn't a pure abolitionist in that way, but he was, he was trying to make it happen. He, we know he had relations with at least one of his slaves. Like, these are all very complex things. You can also go to George Washington's home in D.C., and you, they talk about, during the tour, they talk about how when, when Washington died, 
that he freed his half of his slaves in his will, but Martha kept hers. Does that mean we should take down every Washington statue? I mean, I don't wanna give these people any ideas, um, but the idea that these people were somehow racist and backwards, and now, 200 plus years later, we're just so great, and we're just closing the loophole on all their evil crap so that we can be good and tolerant and diverse going forward. It's just, it's a bill of goods that they're selling you that is, that is faulty, it is broken, and there will be no warranty on it. Once we say goodbye to our history, there will be no getting it back. They will usher in something that will be far, far worse. If you thought that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson were bad guys, wait till you are under the rule of Ilhan Omar and AOC and all of their friends, and you will find out the true meaning of racism and intolerance, because it, it wasn't those guys, it really wasn't. And you should particularly remember that on a week like this, because it, because it is Thanksgiving, of course, and I hope that you guys will be taking a little time off the news and spending time with family and friends and eating great food and drinking good wine and all of that good stuff. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, my full interview with Melanie Kirkpatrick, who is a scholar when it comes to Thanksgiving. You can learn all sorts of stuff about the founding of Thanksgiving uh, and why we eat certain foods and all sorts of traditions that people have all over the world actually, because in some ways it's not just an American holiday anymore because of the way people have traveled. Uh, that is up right now on the YouTube. Uh, and if you'd like to play along, if you'd like to share recipes, if you'd like to see what we're eating, our cooking begins today, uh, you can join us at rubenreport.locals.com. And uh, well, I teased it the other day, but there's some good things coming. Give me a couple weeks. We got something cooking and I'm not talking about the turkey. Some things are cooking, people. Here, I'll send you a message. I'm gonna try to send, uh, I haven't done this in a while. I'm gonna send you, person watching this right now, I'm gonna try to send you a message so that you will know what I'm talking about. And then when I announce it in a couple of weeks, it will be lodged firmly in your brain. Here we go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, have a good one. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you wanna connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.